Welcome to Sizzling Arrow Outdoors, where we learn to cultivate, harvest, and prepare clean, organic food. I am Paul Rhodes, the host and founder of this podcast and the company known as Sizzling Arrow Outdoors. Well, thank you for joining us today. This is our second Just for Thought episode this month, and we do have an interview show coming up at the end of the month, end of the month, which will be next week, and that's with Nicholas Rodever from Widow Meyer Precision Rifles. So that's a great conversation. I, I know y'all are going to enjoy that, and we got some pretty cool stuff lined up for you today. Um, you know, if you're just joining us for the first time, you know, definitely check out the website, which is www.sizzlinarrow.com. That really breaks down what Sizzlin Arrow is all about and what we're looking to do and uh, hoping to accomplish. So um, if this is the first time, stick around, listen to the episode, and then go check out the website. And then, of course, sign up for a membership and you, know, you can get some great recipes, insights, deals, all that good stuff. So uh, make sure you do that and then we can chat back and forth as well. So uh, anyway, today's episode is going to cover sustainable eating. Uh, We've talked about sustainable farming practices. We've talked about sustainable farming, but we haven't really talked about sustainable eating. So my wife the other week, or actually another week, it was probably a couple months ago, she bought me this magazine it's a, it was a special edition of Eating Well, which covers sustainable eating. And um, I was reading through it. A lot of great information in here. You know, a couple good recipes. few things that I'm not crazy about, but, you know, um, you got to take the good with the bad. But, yeah, the Guide to Sustainable Cooking, I was reading through that, and there's a lot of things in here that I, I felt were important to share. So that's what I'm going to do with you guys today. So we're just going to kind of jump into this and go over what I felt was important and what's a good thing to kind of pass along. And maybe you can put it into play in your own household, in your own kitchen. I know I'm going to work on doing some of these things myself. So first one, you know, we all want our food to look pretty. We all want it to look good. But one of the tricks or one of the ways to do that is really after the preparation of it. So you don't need to have the perfect looking tomato or the perfect looking carrot starting off. So in this, it says embrace ugly as beautiful. So with that being said, a lot of grocery stores will provide perfectly good vegetables or farmers markets will provide perfectly good vegetables for a discounted price because they're misshaped they may have some scraggly pieces coming off of it um may not look as good as some of the um better ones so i guess they're deformed uh, vegetables and fruits nothing wrong with the flavor nothing wrong with the actual fruit it's just they look weird and a lot of people don't want it because of the way they look so Embrace that. You One, you're going to have just as good of vegetables uh, and fruit. Of course, look for quality. If there's like bruises, uh, nicks or cuts or anything in there that would indicate that it's been abused or may be damaged, don't get it. But if it's just if everything else looks good and it's just a little deformed, you're, you're fine with that. So you're going to end up saving a little bit of money and you're also going to help reduce the uh, food waste if you do that as well. So, you know, if they don't get rid of these weird looking fruit, it ends up going to waste or compost and whatnot. So, you know, sustain that, save a little money and uh, it comes out looking just as good as the other ones. Um, 
the other thing they were talking about in here is uh, save all nutritious bits. So such as like Parmesan rinds, turnip greens, you know, leftover breads. One thing that we do in our house and, you know, thankfully <laughs> our kids like the crust on their bread. Uh, I know some kids don't like crust on their bread. So if you have children that for some reason don't want to eat the crust on the bread, trim the crust off, which is fine. But Instead of throwing it away, you know, throw it in the blender and make breadcrumbs with it. Cube it up, make croutons with it. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that you can do with that. Um, in here, and I've never done this, but apparently you can take like um, the raw radish tops, turnip greens, and you can put those in a food processor with some pine nuts, cheese, and maybe some fresh mint or basil, uh, kind of making pesto out of that. And again, you're going to want to check the quality. You don't want to have ones that are kind of black and damaged and stuff like that. You're going to want fresh tops that look good and that are going to taste good. You can also, he says, steep Parmesan rinds into broth. So you can use them for flavorings. I've never thought about doing that, but that actually is a pretty good idea of using the Parmesan rinds because you're going to get that uh, right kind of robust flavor in, in your uh, broth. So, you know, you can do that as well instead of just throwing them away. Another thing that you can do to be a little more sustainable in your eating or cooking, we've been talking about this off and on on the uh, podcast, but talk to your local farmers, friend a farmer, you know, get get to know the local farmers in your area go to the food uh, farmers markets talk to them and i mean that relationship that you build with that farmer will go a long way and you're you're going to be helping them feed their family and helping them grow their business ultimately the money's going to come back into the economy in your local area so it's just a nice full circle and you're going to get healthier fresher food all that said and done, friend of farmer, great way to do it. You're not going to be eating all this junk that's pumped with all these solutions and all that crap. But anyway, the other one is opt for grass-fed. I'm big on grass-fed beef. You know, if you're buying from the farmer's market, more than likely you're going to have grass-fed, grass-finished beef, depending on where you're at. Some of them are lot-finished, but, you know, as long as they are done properly from start to finish and not overly stressed and kept in pens primarily all their life so anyway if you've never had grass-fed beef definitely check it out do it from the farmer's market go again talk to your local farmers get it from them and uh, you will not regret it and you're going to have tastier healthier beef eat seasonally uh, when i was working in the restaurants we we tried to do this to the best of our ability. Uh, there's some really specialty restaurants out there that only do their menus based on the season. Uh, we, because of the restaurants I worked at, you know, we had to keep kind of a base menu for our clientele. So we did our specials menu and we rotated those through seasonal uh, produce and meats and all that stuff. So it um, adds a lot of personality. It gives uh, you, if you eat seasonally or you uh, base your shopping seasonally you know you're gonna end up having fruits and vegetables that are from your region which are one going to taste better cuts down on the carbon footprint uh, for the long distance transportation which makes sense but again that transportation is going to be happening anyway so we're going to be focusing more on your health and the flavor of the food more so than that so 
again, if you're if you're buying it uh, seasonally, you're going to be getting it local. It's not going to be shipped. It's not going to travel to you. You're going to have it closer to when it is actually picked. You're, it, the nutrition of these vegetables are going to be a lot better because it's, you're going to have it right at the peak of its freshness instead of having it a week or however long it takes to get it to the grocery stores or you know brought in from somewhere else. It says buy frozen fish. Um, I'm not big on frozen fish. Actually, I don't like frozen fish at all, especially the ones that you get at the grocery stores. Now, granted, they have come a long way from what they used to be. If you find them, I've had, okay, I'm, I'm going to backtrack. I've had some frozen tuna that has been pretty good. Um, salmon, frozen salmon, I'm not a big fan of that unless it's wild caught. If it's wild caught and then frozen right away, it's fine. But again, frozen fish has come a long way. Uh, you're not going to have the waste if it's coming in frozen. This is kind of where they're getting at. That if you have frozen fish, they're not going to have to throw out the fish if it goes bad, if nobody buys it. That's kind of where they're coming from. So that's part of the sustainability is if you buy frozen fish, they're not going to have to throw out the fish if it's coming in fresh. But you got to kind of look at your market if you're going to be doing fresh fish. I mean, if you got a lot of enough people to purchase the fresh fish, like down at the coast, and you got to be able to utilize these things and know what you're going to use that fish for. I mean, you can turn it into chowders, into soups, and, you know, make it into, I mean, if you have a little restaurant inside, I mean, you can fry the fish up and serve it. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can do it to prevent it from being wasted. So anyway, uh, that's just a very little bit on the frozen fish. You can grow your own. That's one thing that we're wanting to learn and do here with the podcast and with the company is learn how to grow our own food. So, you know, if you build your own garden, whether it's just a little bit of herbs in the backyard, tomato plants, zucchinis, whatever you want to grow, if it's just a small one, that's going to definitely help become a little more sustainable as far as cooking and eating, but also you're going to become a little bit more independent on providing to your family as well. So if you don't know how to grow, if you don't know how to garden, um, you know, pick up a book, look at some resources, check out YouTube, talk to some of the local gardeners or farmers in your area, get some tips, try to learn how to do that. Just even if it's just a couple plants in the backyard. Um, embrace the whole bird is another thing they said here. So I agree with this. If you buy a whole chicken, and you can do this from the farmer's market as well. I'm going to beat the farmer's market to death because I want to support and get everyone else to support our local farm. So you're going to hear me say that a lot. But utilize the whole bird. Buy a whole chicken. Know how to fabricate it. I have a fabrication video on YouTube of how to break a chicken down. But you can cut out the breasts. Get the, you know, use that for one meal, get the thighs and then the wings and do that for another meal. You can do like a chicken fricassee or something along those lines. Uh, use the carcass for stock. So you got your stock and two dinners out of one bird. And usually the birds, if you buy from the farmer's market, you may be looking at $13 for the bird. So, I mean, 13 bucks for stock, which you can turn to soup. So there's another meal, so three meals. Out of one bird for 13 bucks, three meals for 13 bucks, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Now, if you have a family of four, you may want to get two birds, but anyway, that's 26 bucks for a family of four, three meals. Still really, really good. Um, find farmed fish. So, on here, and I'm just going to read this verbatim because 
I've I've got farm fish. Like we up in the mountains, we have a place that we take the kids every once in a while. They farm trout, and if we don't have any luck fishing in the wild, we'll take the kids over so they can catch a fish through the farm. But you catch your own fish. We clean it, and uh, it is delicious. But as far as farm fish, yeah, some of it's okay, but a lot of it is filled with color and a lot of other junk. So. I'm not crazy about the farm fish bit. But anyway, this is what they say. It says, not all farm fish are unsustainable. Farm trout that's rated best choice is a healthy protein with low environmental impact. And then on this, it says it's a favorite of Clayton Chapman, a chef in Omaha, Nebraska. Farm trout is a great entry point for home cooks. He says it's versatile, affordable, and available year-round. You can grill or roast it. And it takes two different seasons. So pretty much it's a good way to kind of get into cooking fish or seafood. And uh, you can pretty much use it all year round. And that's what he's saying. So, yeah. So pretty much certain farm fish is okay. I mean, like the ones we have in the mountains here where you go catch your own. Those are good. I'm not sure exactly what they feed them. But it seems like it's pretty legit and I haven't had any issues with the fish uh, looking bad or unhealthy or anything like that. So just be careful when you're shopping for those. Cutting down, we're just going to kind of start rolling through these. So cutting down on the uh, sugars, using more of a natural sugar such as honey, maple syrup, or agave. Uh, I don't use agave. I use honey and maple. That's generally a pretty good alternative for sugar. Still like my sugar, brown sugar, organic brown sugar is what I usually use. I try not to get the uh, granulated stuff too much. Fruit, let's say if you're growing berries or you pick berries in the summer, freeze some of those. You can put them on a sheet tray, throw them in the freezer, freeze them up, bag them up, and you can eat on those year-round. So those are great options to have fruit year-round, and then also you can use them in smoothies and uh, ice cream toppers or whatever you want to use them for. So that, that's a good way to kind of utilize the berries. One thing they say here is go for quality over quantity, and that's true with anything, but with food it's definitely true because we don't want to be gorging ourselves with food. We don't want to be eating a ton of, like... There's no reason to have a 20-ounce steak. You know, ribeyes, I would say 12 ounces probably be the absolute max. But still, that's more than you probably need. You probably only need 6 to 8 ounces. But get the good quality meats and the good quality cheeses. Uh, none of the processed stuff if you can avoid it. And savor these things more so than gorging yourself in these things. So you don't have to eat the 20 ounce steak, the potato, the salad, and all this stuff on top of it. You can do an eight ounce steak, the potato, some vegetables, salad, and a little something for after, uh, whether it's a small dessert or whatnot, but you don't need to eat all this big food and you'll find that your grocery bills are gonna go down, but your quality of food is gonna go up. And there's a few other things on here, really. Don't let leftovers go to waste. If you cook, I mean, we like to cook like pasta, for example. We, we cook enough pasta to have two days worth of meals. So we have the dinner and then lunch the next day, which saves money and makes things quick. And you can do that with any other meals, soups, chilies, more so like uh, pan meals. It says here, pick pastured pork. Try to avoid pork raised in large confinement operations. We've talked about that before. Talk to your local farmers. Get to know the pig farmers in your area. Get local pastured pork, free-range pork, ones that are not confined into a big 
cage or little section with a bunch of other pigs. It, it's just there's a lot of stuff with those operations that hurt the environment, hurt the communities they're in, and it's just for one, it's not good to support that, but two, it's not good for your health or the communities around its health either. Um, let's see. And last one for this would be eat more vegetables. How many times did our parents, I mean, always say, eat your vegetables, eat your vegetables, eat more vegetables. You need to eat more vegetables. Don't eat, don't eat that candy. Get, get, get your vegetables instead. You can't have dessert until you eat your vegetables. Well, there's something to that. Vegetables are delicious if you cook them correctly. I mean, honestly, fresh vegetables from the farmer's market, you don't need to do a whole lot with them. I mean, a little bit of liquid, whether it's stock, you can use the chicken stock from the chicken that you uh, fabricated up and utilized. A little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, and a smidge of butter. That's really all you need. Don't overcook them because if you overcook them, they get nasty and mushy and blech, gross. But Learn how to cook the veggies. If you are finding that your vegetables are not tasting as good as they should, or you just don't like them, talk to a chef, find someone local that has culinary experience, talk to them and see if they can give you a few tips. Or you go to my website, sign up for the membership, and shoot me an email and we can talk it over and we can do a Zoom or we can do an individual cooking class or whatever it may be and get those veggies tasting a little bit better for you. All right, guys, well, that's really all I got for you today. I just wanted to quickly cover the sustainable eating and uh, sustainable cooking practices that maybe you can take home and um, utilize in your own kitchen at your house. There's some information in here that, that I had read through that kind of resonated with me in this magazine and wanted to share it all with you guys. So yeah, I don't know if they sell this magazine anymore. It is a special edition of Eating Well. It's a sustainable eating edition. But uh, definitely check it out if they still have it on the shelves. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of things in here that are good. There's a few things in there that didn't jive with me and I didn't quite agree with. But, you know, it is, you got to take the good with the bad, like I said. But anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave us a five-star rating. And, you know, we haven't got any reviews yet, guys. We need to have some reviews. I want to hear what you're all thinking. So make sure you leave us some reviews along with those five-star ratings. And you know, check us out on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And you know, we've, we're kind of active on Twitter, but not really. But you know, check us out there, too. You probably won't get a whole lot. We're better off on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. So check us out there. Make sure you check out the website, www.sizzlinarrow.com. If you are local, uh, we still have the cooking classes. And... Those are going on. We got our first cooking class this weekend, uh, June 26th, which we'll be grinding our own burgers and grilling those along with a few other things. So it's going to be cool stuff. We're going to film that as well. So if you're local, come and sign up for those. Uh, shoot me an email. It's paul at sizzlingarrow.com. And you can find my email on the website as well. If you do go to the website, sign up for the membership. I'd love to have you on there. We could email back and forth. We could cover some you know, cooking questions you may have or hunting questions. Or I'll try my best to do farming questions. Uh, don't know a whole lot about that yet. Yeah, I'll do my best. And if I don't have the answer, I can find it for you. So anyway, go and check that out. Sign up for the membership. And check us out at the end of the month for the interview show with Nicholas Rodifer and Widowmeyer Precision Rifles. And uh, that's a great conversation that we'll bring it to you here next week. So, all right, guys, I hope you all have a great evening. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you all soon.